Hi, this is Mark, and you're listening to the Mexican Spanish podcast from MexicanSpanish.com. Today, I'd like to talk about immersion as a strategy for learning Spanish. So, what do we mean by immersion? Well, typically, we're talking about a situation where you're living in a Spanish speaking culture. So, you're using Spanish for your social life for your work life, for performing everyday tasks like buying things or ordering food. And the idea is that you're actually in the country, so you're not constantly surrounded by English and you're forced to use Spanish as a medium of communication. So here here are my thoughts about this topic. I've noticed that many people who have experience or not with learning languages are convinced that immersion is the best or perhaps the only way to learn a language. And here, my, my point of view is this. Immersion is neither necessary nor sufficient for learning a language. I know it isn't necessary because I speak from personal experience. I did not learn Spanish in an immersion environment. I took three years of high school Spanish. The first two years uh, were lots of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I did not have a native speaking teacher. Uh, We did not have uh, YouTube, internet, uh, Spanish language movies. Uh, At at that time, there was really very little influence uh, of Spanish on, or even presence in American culture. So I was not surrounded in any way by Spanish, except during the short classes I had during high school. And I I added up these hours once. It's less than 300 hours of Spanish that I had during high school. And that gave me a great base. Now, after those three years, uh, my Spanish wasn't fantastic, but it was, was, I had a good base. It was was strong uh, for, for what it was. The third year of Spanish that I took in high school was not a lot of fun because at that point in the curriculum, uh, we had to spend more time writing essays and uh, reading literature in Spanish, and I was much more interested in in conversational Spanish and speaking. So I didn't like the third year of Spanish, and I quit. I decided not not to take the fourth year because I was just not enjoying it at all. But the point is, what I'm describing is not an immersion environment, and I did lots of things later with my Spanish to improve it and fine-tune it, Um, but basically I got a foundation without living in a Spanish-speaking country. So what about the sufficient question, the sufficiency question? Well, I think we all know lots of immigrants that live in countries for decades and do not end up speaking the the language well. Um, In the United States, for example, just to... uh, pick unfairly on one language group. Um, in Many Koreans that work in grocery stores in certain areas, and they've been in the U.S. for, in many cases, for decades, and they ask the same question to the customer, uh, but they're not using English syntax, or their pronunciation is very poor. So they have a very basic level of English, despite having been in the country for a long time. There's lots of complicated uh, reasons why that happens. Um, perhaps... Uh, in their social world, they're not using English. Um, 
they perhaps they didn't take a formal English course, they didn't have the opportunity or the interest in, in doing that. But the point is it's perfectly possible to live in a country for a very long time, but if you arrive there as an adult, you may have uh, survival skills in that language, or, or maybe not, but you don't necessarily get to uh, anything that we might c call fluency. It's very common. So I think we can see that immersion is not some um, some magic ingredient that uh, makes you immediately uh, fluent in the language. Here in Mexico, there are plenty of cases of foreigners who have been in Mexico for a long time, and their Spanish is not so good. Um, so I think um, again, if you're living, if you're living in uh, a sort of an English-speaking um, environment. Um, in Mexico, for example, um, maybe your social network are, is made up of English speakers, or perhaps you're working in English. You might be an English teacher, or you're working in a company where uh, your coworkers speak to you in English. Um, <clears throat> or perhaps you've come to Mexico with uh, a friend or a, a, a spouse or what have you who's an English speaker. Um, so, you know, technically you're in the country, but you're not really um, entirely surrounded by the language. Um, so I, I just want to make that point that I think immersion is, is seriously overrated as a sort of a secret formula in order to, uh, to develop your language skills. Most of the time, um, for adults, what I think you need is some kind of uh, formal base in the language. Uh, supposedly, there are people that just, you know, you drop them down in the country and they pick up the language um, simply by being immersed in the environment. But I've, I've never met these people. Um, I've met plenty of people, foreigners here in Mexico, who have good Spanish, who didn't formally study Spanish. But here's the thing. Spanish wasn't their first foreign language. In many cases, they're Europeans who had studied French, either as either they're native French speakers, or they studied French as a foreign language, or they studied some other language, and they have an idea of how languages are learned, and they're able to uh, go to a textbook and consult it and understand uh, how to apply that to their Spanish because they're experienced at language learning. In the case of French, it's particularly um, interesting because so much of French uh, vocabulary and especially grammar, not pronunciation so much, is closely related to Spanish. So if somebody studied French as a child, they have an enormous um, basis, a base on which to uh, build Spanish language skills. So somebody like that might, de might do okay without having a formal study in the language. But if you don't, uh, if that profile doesn't describe you, uh, you probably need something uh, more formal in order to be, um, to be successful at language learning. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a Texan that I met once on the Pacific coast of Mexico. Um, I met him in a small town, um, nice guy. His name was also Mark, as we say in Spanish, he was my... Tocayo, that's somebody with the, with the same name as you. And he spent half his year in Mexico and half his year in Texas. He worked in Texas uh, as a translator, an interpreter, curiously. And the other half of the year he spent in Mexico living with a family in a small town. And his Spanish was absolutely terrible. Um, I could understand what he was trying to say, but he, he had absolutely no um, grammatical accuracy. The structures were were very inaccurate. His pronunciation was very poor. Um, 
Nevertheless, he could communicate what he wanted to, but it was a very low uh, level of um, accuracy. And I think that's what happens when you skip over the step of formal instruction and just jump right into using the language. If people can understand you, um, they're, you know, they give you feedback. You realize they understood you, and you're not motivated or incentivized to, to uh, have a more accurate version of the language. And um, once that's in place, you have what we call fossilized errors. So these errors become part of your Spanish, and it becomes even harder to, to get rid of them once the, you've been, uh, once they've been part of your speech for, for such a long time. So that's what I have to say about um, immersion learning. I think that it's true that being in the environment is very helpful. You end up uh, using Spanish in many of your everyday activities, and that's a, a great source of input. You hear lots of Spanish, um, but it isn't a replacement for having um, some formal basis, some formal instruction in the language. Um, so I think that's something to uh, keep in mind when you're thinking about whether you need to actually study Spanish or if you should just come to Mexico and jump right in and uh, sort of wing it that way. I've seen a lot of people do that, and the results are usually um, not very pretty. <laughs>